Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, Jason Lampkin. And my guest today is the creator of The Confident Black Girl, Ms. Latasha Kraft. Thank you for joining me. Yes, thank you for having me. I, I came across your page um, from another woman I interviewed, BBW Batty. And I saw like your page and you were like exuding all this confidence. And I was like, her page is pretty interesting. So I was like, maybe she wanted to do a podcast. So I decided to reach out and here we are. Here we are. Yes. Thank you so much. What made you launch the Confident Black Girl? So the Confident Black Girl is definitely a baby of mine. Um, I launched the Confident Black Girl in 2018. Um, and it stemmed from all of the challenges that I had been having, like navigating corporate America, right? Being big, Black, and in a very white dominant space. I came from the construction industry. And when I started to look for things that would help me build my confidence so that I was able to advocate for myself and really communicate well within that space, most of the books and most of the people, and I say most, but all I seen was white people, right? So white women. And I was like, you know, their challenges, their struggles, their journey does not match the challenges and struggles and journeys of a Black woman. We just know this to be true. And so as I was learning how to navigate and really advocate and learning how to speak with VPs and things of that nature and really navigate my career space, the Confident Black Girl was born because I wanted to make sure that, that someone that looked like me had someone to go to to understand how to navigate their career, how to navigate their you know relationships, how to navigate their parenting life, how to navigate love and things of that nature, being a plush, big, sexy woman, you know, in this world where this world does not want us to take up space, right? They want us to minimize and shrink. And so I said, no more of that. We ain't shrinking no more. We're going to be big. We're going to be bold. We're going to be loud. And we're going to advocate and speak for what we need and what we want. So, so you would say, I mean, you would, are you saying that your struggle being a, a bigger black woman is different from a, another black woman? I won't say that it's different from another black woman. I think that being a black woman by itself is already has its challenges, right? Then when you layer on, you know, black woman, big that's another component. We know that the world as itself, society does not make room or create a lane or space for big people, period. So that that's, that's outside of the color spectrum, right? So that's not even just race or what have you. That is, you know, big people are not seen as human in this world. We see that when it comes to wage gap, we see that when people think of bigger people as being lazy and undesirable and not, you know, worthy of love and respect and things of that nature, right? It's immediately, if you see a big person, then the thought process is that person is unhealthy and that person is lazy and that person is this, you know what I mean? And so I'm not saying that it's necessarily different, but it, it is, right? So being Black, being a woman than being a black big woman is another component. How would you define confidence? So confidence for me is the ability to see that you will be successful. That's looking at any 
opportunity or any challenge that's put in front of you and understanding, can you be successful in that arena or in that lane, right? And so understanding what your strengths and your weaknesses are, understanding what you bring to the table, and then from that, moving in that way. So that's how you get confidence. And that's what confidence is for me. It's just understanding that I can be successful in anything that I sit down and put my mind to. Because of all the challenges you mentioned, like you say society doesn't create a space for bigger bigger people in general. Do you feel like you have to have more confidence than the average person? Yes. You got to have more confidence, right? You have to carry yourself in a certain way. You have to work harder, fight harder, be louder, be bolder. You have to really understand how to navigate the spaces that you're in, right? Um, it's just it's also like the pretty factor. Like pretty people make more money. Pretty people get more opportunities, right? And so if you look at it from that lens, when it comes to being a bigger woman, then there's more that you have to do. Now, I want us to understand the balance in all things, right? Because there is a thing of being, you know, overconfident, which comes off as, you know, not necessarily a good thing, right? But we want to make sure that we have a balance in all things and that we understand that we are deserving and worthy to take up space in this world. Has anyone ever accused you of being overconfident? Um, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) probably. Um, There, I mean, I have encountered where, you know, people would be like, well, who do you think you are? You know what I mean? Like, I know you ain't talking to me like that or, you know, whatever. Cause show, you, you know, people like to use fat as a slur and I'll be like, okay, girl, but I've been flat. I've been fat since I was like 10. So it's like, I'm 39 now. So girl, that don't even hurt. You know what I mean? Like whatever <laughs> men and women. Um, I think especially in dating, um, I have kind of encountered like no one's saying, oh, you too confident, but kind of when I am not attracted to or interested in men, um, a slur or a thought or, you know, what they say towards me is just like, you know, kind of like, well, who do you think you is to not want to be with me? Like, okay, I'm Tosh and I don't want to be with you. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. Like, you're not my cup of tea. And I have preferences as well. Just because I'm big doesn't mean that I am desperate or I don't have preferences or whatever. It just means that my body's a little plush, you know what I mean? But that's it. That is, that's it. Does that get frustrating when people feel like you, you should have to lower your standards because of your size? It's very frustrating um, because it, it goes back to, oh, because you're big, you are not worthy. Oh, because you're big, you don't deserve, right? And so it's frustrating because the size of my body should not determine what I am worthy of, or it shouldn't determine whether I should have preference or if I should, you know, have certain standards for myself just because you're big doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a standard that doesn't mean that you don't deserve the best of the best and the cream of the crop right it's just the size of your body that's it that's all it is does it get a little tiring though to have to feel like you have to be more confident you have to do a little bit more does that get tiring for you 
So for me, it doesn't get more, be, it, it doesn't get tiring because I'm just an extra ass person, period. Right? So, I'm <laughs> so I just live in my extra space, right? And so for me, you know, getting dressed up or creating these huge elaborate events and like even just the way my house is decorated and, you know, even the way that I take care of myself, my self-care practice is elaborate, it's extreme, it's extra. And so it doesn't get tired tiring for me, but I can see how it could be tiring for someone else. And so in my coaching and in my conversations with the women and men that I work with, we talk through those things. We try to break those things down. And then we focus on what the end result is that they want to have, right? And not necessarily what we're doing in the meantime to get to the end result. Because we got to kind of focus. We got to be tunnel vision when it comes to why are we doing the things that we're doing? right um I think that it could get tiring but just like I'm saying I'm an extra ass person so (laughs) for me you know it's it's just it's natural it's natural for me to be extra and doing all the things you mentioned the coaching let's get into that how long have you been doing the, the coaching so I have been a confidence coach since um January 2019 so um what is that almost two years three years um over over two years, I think. And um, it's one of the most rewarding coaching practices that I've worked in. um, And what I do, I absolutely love it. Um, I can't, like when I think about being a confidence coach, just being a coach in general, I'm so grateful because I feel like this is definitely the lane that was created for my life. Like, I feel like I'm definitely in my purpose. And when I speak to people and I help them and how intuitive I am when it comes to that one-on-one coaching practice, I'm just blessed. Like, I just thank God every day. Like, I'm just so blessed to be able to work in this space. Before you got into coaching, did you believe that confidence could be coached? Because that usually comes from within. So confidence, it comes from within, right? But if you don't know that, right, how do you tap into it? How do you find that? How do you get to that, right? And so as I was building up my confidence, because I've been a very confident person since a child, right? Always singing and dancing and drama and plays and, you know, all of the things, anything I wanted to do, I always would go for it. But then as we grow into adulthood, I think we start to find things that will break down our confidence and kind of steal from us the joys that we have from childhood. And it kind of brings us to a place where we don't realize and we forget how confident we can be um, and how successful we can be and just put, put away all of those things that can make you feel fearful, right? And so as I was developing and really tapping back into my confidence, I realized that Other people may need these conversations. Other people may need someone to be like, hey, let me tell you what you can do to get back to this confident place. Let me tell you that everything that you need to be confident is, it's within you, right? So let me show you what you can do to get back to that place. And I think that before I started the journey, I didn't understand or know what it could be. But once I started the journey, I said, oh, let me help other people get here because I know how challenged I was. And so I wanted to be able to offer a service to other people so they could, you know, work through that and get confident. What would you say was your biggest challenge for regaining your confidence? 
The biggest challenge to regaining my confidence was getting to a place where I didn't care what other people thought about me. And it was huge because coming from being a wife, being a mother, I've been a mother since I was 16 years old. I've grown up in a position of being the oldest child and being the first when it came to so many things like first out of my mother's children to graduate college and, you know, go to college and like all of these things. And so I, the challenge was getting out of the place where I was operating or moving because I wanted other people to accept me and be proud of me or think that I was being doing good, you know, out of the view of being good or doing good. But that came from abandonment issues um, from being a ch- from a childhood. So I had to work through those things, do shadow work to clear that things out. And so once I was in a place where I don't give a fuck what nobody think about me, excuse my French, I'm a custer, no, I'm good. a sailor. I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> if you good. follow the confidence of black girl, you know she cuss all the time. Um, <laughs> <Sorry>. but- <laughs> when I got to the place where I didn't care what other people thought of me I could then flourish but that was the challenge right to move in a place and to move in a space and in a way that I don't care what you think about me it's most important to me when I go to sleep at night how does Tosh think about Tosh what does Tosh feel about Tosh am I happy with the work that I've done today am I happy with how I showed up how I presented myself you know those are the things that was important to me and once I let go of needing to be validated by others my power just increased what does that look like doing the work? Because you mentioned that. So doing the work. <laughs> I feel like that was such a trick question, even though it's not a trick question. And even though I do the work every day, let me tell you, the work does not stop. I don't care if nobody picks up anything else that I say in this whole entire time. Just understand the work of healing, I feel like is a continuous process and it's good. Don't get weary, right? But the work looks like sitting down and having those difficult conversations with yourself. You got to strip that shit down. You got to get to the core. Why do I do the things that I do? Why am I doing this? You know, asking yourself, you know, why did I operate this way? Why did I speak to this person this way? Why didn't I advocate for myself? Or why didn't I do X, Y, Z? It's like always asking those questions internally and then being comfortable going into the dark spaces of yourself, right? Because we don't, we, we look at the darker side of humanity as being this bad place, but we got to go into the dark to really figure out what we got to heal. And then once we find the things that we got to heal, we got to come out the darkness and bring it into the light. And then we got to fix it. We got to correct it. We got to give it the love that it needs, give it the nurture that it needs and move forward from there. Was there, was there a time you ever feared that you would not be able to come out of that dark space? Yes. It was so funny. It was just recently. It was just like this last week. I had been the lowest I had ever been in my life. Well, I won't say in my life because I've been low before um, when I was pregnant with my son. But this time it was just different. Navigating life after divorce, navigating life single, navigating life where you get to the place where you feel like you have overcome so much. But then there are things that come to make you feel like your security and your safety is in danger. It's tough. 
right? And so in that moment this week, I was in a low, I was in a low place. I won't lie. And I'm very transparent and very honest. And I, I, I make myself vulnerable to the people that I serve because my healing is in my vulnerability. I'm, I'm open to that. Like, I'm happy to tell you, Hey, today shit was tough girl. Like our boy, like whatever. Like I'm like, Hey, it was hard, but let me tell you how I got out of it so that you understand that when you get to a low place and a hard place and it's dark and you feel like you can't come out, you know that you can because you know someone who did. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I'm very honest about my journey. But this week, man, tough, 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 tough. (laughs) So tough. When you when you go through those dark phases, do you have to take a step back from coaching or do you just keep pushing through? So you know what's so what is so beautiful about the work that I do is that the fulfillment that I get from coaching, I coached a girl the morning and I mean, I minister to her life. And when I think about coaching, I think of it as my ministry. The Confident Black Girl is my ministry. I am ordained by God. Like I feel like everything that comes to me, every inspiration that comes from God, right? I am not in this alone. I did not, you know, create this in that space by myself. Like God had put this on my heart. That's why I feel like this is my calling and this is what I do. And when I talk to people and I speak and I minister over their lives and then they come back and they, they tell me that what I told them was definitely, you know, something that came from God. It definitely is, you know, your calling because there was no way you would have known that I was dealing with that, right? And so I minister and I coach on the days, even if I feel low, because I know that what I'm experiencing is what is is what I use to minister, right? So having that human experience and not sitting in it and wallowing it, and then I can see it from a place where I understand what I'm going through, right? And so I understand that this doesn't last long and I still coach. And when I coach, the beauty of that is that I minister to them and I minister to myself and it refuels me. So, so, so what you're saying is sometimes your coaching sessions turn into a therapy session for yourself. Let me tell you something. When they say you minister first, you minister into yourself and then you minister into other people, right? And so when it comes to the coaching, listen, I have to roll my own coaching tapes back and listen, like what I tell her? Okay, girl, yes. I'd be like, come on, confident black girl. You just, you spoke a word, girl. You spit in the day. You know what I mean? And it's so funny because when I post things and I go live and stuff like that, I go back to my lives and I listen and it ministers to me on those days. I think that God is always speaking a word through me. And when I go back and I listen, because I listen to everything that I say, because I want to make sure that one, I'm getting better. I'm, I'm stronger. I'm doing the work and I'm making sure that what I say makes sense and it's registering. And then when I listen to it, it'd be hitting and I'd be like, come on, God, you want to give me a word today? Come on, Tosh, speak, you know? like every time it's a good time we're gonna let's talk about um your divorce let me first start how long were you married i was married 12 years on january 30th 2021 it made 12 years that we have been officially married what what year did you get the divorce february 3rd 2021 (laughs) Oh, 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 you, so you just got divorced. Yes. yes. But we have been separated for almost two years. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, we made the decision that we were going to get divorced January to, no, July 2019. And he he left. He walked out. He packed his shit and he got the fuck out. Um, September 17th, 2019. I'll never forget. No, it was the 18th. He left on the 18th, 2019. I'll never forget. And he ain't heard my voice since October 2019. Because, baby, I don't play. Um, and I filed for divorce the first time, October 7th. 2019 and some things went wrong somebody didn't sign something right but I, it wasn't me so that's all I'm gonna say and then <laughs> COVID hit and I had started speaking to somebody else and they was just like you know you can't even do nothing if you want to do something because you're still legally divorced and I said you know what you're right let me <laughs> fix that right and I filed for divorce again November 2020 and my divorce was final, February 3rd, 2021. And let me say you, hallelujah, glory to God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how did you how did you know it was over? So let me say something. Honestly, James, that thing had been dead for a minute. My marriage had been dead. My marriage had been dead for probably three years before he left and I and one of the things that I tell women and I tell men and I tell people because I think divorce we always look at divorce as being this nasty dirty bad thing divorce is the best thing that has ever happened to me right and I say that because when I have been trying to revive that marriage for three years and so when he finally left there were no tears. There was no sorrow. There was no sadness. There was no any of those types of emotions because I knew as a wife, I had done everything. When it came to going to therapy, I was there. I went to therapy by myself, went to therapy with him, went to therapy together. You know, when it came to standing up and being by his side, you know, making sure that he got better, making sure that he had, you know, whatever he needed for someone who has, you know, a chronic health disease and, you know, all of these things. Like I was definitely a wife that supported, loved and done the work for my husband. But when it came to the marriage, itself one person can't keep it alive you know what I mean and as, as soon as I decided I no longer wanted to keep that shit alive it died it died was it but you say he left so was, was that the moment it happened or no it was already dead <laughs> but you know what I'm saying when you decided so, you, you guys are gonna fight that's what I mean yeah, so it, it, I I had gave up the fight back in like June 2019. There was some issues between us, and then in July 2019, um, we had a huge um, situation where um, there was you know a need. My life was in danger. My my child's life was in danger. There was so many things that was happening in it, and he came back and he was apologizing. He just said, you know, do you want to get divorced? And I said yes. Like, and I said yes from the my toes on the like my spirit just screamed yes and it wasn't like a second thought and it wasn't like no back thought it wasn't anything when I said yes I meant it it wasn't no back thought like nothing like it was just this is it I want this done I no longer want to be in this and I think what made it tough was when he left 
I was frustrated and I was upset and I was mad when he left because we had sat down and we had a conversation because I don't know if other people know this, but poor people can't, you know, move like rich people now. We we live in the same house. We got the same bills. Like, listen. <laughs> and so we had decided that we were going to be divorced and it was going to be amicable and then we were going to just be cool. We we're going to be friends. We we're going to do all these things. We're going to pay off the credit cards. We're going to do this. And so when he just up and decided to quit his job and leave, it frustrated me, but then at the same time, like literally when he was leaving, he said, you know, he thought he had made a bad decision and whatever. And I let him know. I said, you know what? You will be great. I said, you're going to do fine. I'm very happy for you. And if leaving is what you need so that you can be good for you so that you can live your best life, I'm happy for you. Like, I don't want you to stay somewhere where you don't feel happy. Like you don't feel safe. Like you don't feel like you can grow. Like you're stifled. I'm happy for you. You will do great. And he left. He left Arizona and went back home to his home state of Kentucky. And lit, like, it's the best thing that's ever happened. I have no complaints about divorce. I love it. <laughs> well, I, well, let me let me ask you this, because, I mean, I hate it, but it's good. What was the most painful part of the process? The most painful part of the divorce process has been really getting back to me right? Understanding how much I had given up as being a wife and being a mother and being everything else. You don't realize how much of yourself you lose because I'm a giver. I'm naturally a giver, a nurturer, a lover. And so I was loving everyone else, but I wasn't loving me the way I needed to be loved. And so when all of the he left and it was just me and my daughter at the time and it was just like I had all of this space and time I was like wow like I had never been in the house by myself alone and I mean we had just bought a house you know four years ago like all of these things and I had never been in the house by myself alone I had never had time to myself alone and it was just like realizing Oh, and so it's like, okay, girl, what you gonna do with all this time and space? Like, <laughs> it's just you, girl. What you gonna do? And it was tough, really understanding and how to navigate that space. That was the toughest thing for me, and it's still tough for me now. Being a single woman, I miss having someone to love, having a partner, having you know all of those things. But what I do understand is that no matter how you know lonely or you know, missing of human interaction and connection with another person, I will not settle for anything that is below what I deserve. And I deserve a partner who chooses me and loves me and needs me and wants me in the ways that I need and love and want them. And I choose them. I tell, I tell you what, I looked at one of your videos and I had to kind of laugh because when you, you was talking about your divorce, but then you was talking about like, you was in, you was riding the car. You couldn't find the, the hood or the truck, the hood or the gas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let me tell you, if anybody's out there listening and you want to date the confident black girl, you definitely um, need to be a man's man because she don't know how to do shit. Okay, because I do not <laughs> know how to open the. I still don't know. I've had my Ford Explorer. I bought my Ford Explorer new. We closed in our home April 14th. We went and got new vehicles April 15th. So I had this brand new Ford Explorer. I have never opened the hood of this fucking car <laughs> since I got 
it. And so I needed to open the hood because, you know, the divorce is final now and I was going to go get a new vehicle and like all these other things. Right? And I went, and they said, oh, take a picture of the engine. And I said, the what, girl? So I went out there and I popped the thing and I went to try to open the hood, but I couldn't get it open. Mm. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> And I'm laughing because it tickled me because I said, girl, you had this car for four years. And literally, like, if I needed it open, I would ask my husband. And so when I needed it open the other day, I had to go ask my son. I said, hey, come open this for me. (laughs) Your mama don't know what she's doing. You mentioned, like, being a giver. And you you was married for 12 years. So you know what it takes to make a marriage work. Are you willing to get married again? Oh, my God. I want to be married. Like... I, let me tell you something. I desire to be married again. Everything that I did for my ex, I would do again for the right man, right? I know that I was created from love. I am love. I'm deserving of love. And I give love. I give love well. I love so good. <laughs> like I love people how they need to be loved. I love people how they want to be loved. And then you get a little extra razzle dazzle because I love you how I want to love you. So you just get love like fully and completely. And when I think about it, I want to be partnered again. I just need to be partnered with someone who is going to love me the way that I love them. That's what I'm looking for. I am looking for the man that's going to love me the way that I love him. And that's, it makes me excited. Like, I'm not afraid. I know I've been married and I was partnered with this person for 14 years. We were together 14 years, married for 12. And I don't regret nothing. You know what I mean? Because I knew that I loved that person and I was giving them my all. And I am ready to give my all to the next person. I'm ready. I'm ready. Where he at? <laughs> so well, you ready, but do you have any like fear of reservation about dating again? No. Well, no, I'm not fearful of dating. I don't. So let me tell you something. Of course, I I was married in 2009. So we have been together since 2007. Me and my ex, we were together since 2007. The, the struggle is a lot of the dating and all of this stuff that's happening now is like digital. My first time being on a dating app was like February, 2020. And I was on there for like a month and I was off that shit so fast because I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> She's not ready. What is happening? Being a person that, you know, I'm a millennial. So I understand things that were before technology and things that are after technology and love technology. It's my favorite thing. But I don't see that as being the way that I could meet my partner. I I need to be face to face. I need to see you. We need to have conversations. I need to understand. And I do realize that there's a lot of men. I'm 39 years old. I know what I want. I know what I bring to the table and I know what I expect at the table when I get there. There are a lot of men, and I've noticed, I've noticed a trend. Now, James, you married, so you may not notice, but it's a trend of the men in the 38, 35 to 45, 50 range where they're using, oh, I want to get married as like their pickup line for women, and they're not ready. <laughs> oh, no, I definitely haven't heard that one. Listen, every, it's it because every man that I meet is like, Oh, I want to get married. Do you? Are you like, are you ready? Like, what is going on? And being that I've been a wife, I realize that there's a lot of people who are not, they say they're ready and they're not. And I think the difficulty for me and the challenge is knowing what I want and 
you know, I know what I want and I am willing to be alone until I get what I want and what I deserve. That's the challenge though. Cause you know, I'm still missing human interaction. You know, I want to be winding down. I want to be dated. I want to be kissed. I want to be touched. But I've decided at 39 years old, the confident black girl is not willing to share my body with anyone unless it's my husband. So casual sex and all of these different things, it don't work for me. I've decided what's best for me is to, I need to be dated, courted, and then married, right? Um, And I don't think a lot of men understand what that means. So let me, so let me, let me, I normally don't interrupt, but let me make sure I'm clear. So you're not going to have sex until you get married again? Or? Well, it's been about three years now. So <laughs> we're on a roll. Oof. We are on a roll. Because before that's, I, I stopped having... Be I wish you all the best. That's Thank tough. you. It, 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 it's hard <laughs> out here for the girl. Um, but I'm, I'm clear I mean, about that. I mean, because, I mean, see, okay. I guess because of the, the, um, the waiting until you get married again, which I don't... I don't necessarily see a problem with it, but I don't know how realistic it is. Well, it's but be I'm super realistic. Not God, so that's something you pray for, and let me tell you, that's something you got. I gotta... think so. Look, let's be clear. I'm okay with having sex. Like, don't get me wrong. I just know that for what I want, I'm not willing to just be out here having sex with somebody that I know that it's not going to be what I want it to be. I'm definitely not going to have sex with nobody who's not my man. You know what I mean? Like, so okay. if we're not even trying to be exclusive and partnered in that situation, I'm not sharing my body with you. Okay. Um, and then I'm clear with, I'm okay with not having sex with someone until that's my husband. Now, does that mean, so for me, I'm clear, intimacy is not only coitus. It doesn't mean penis and vagina, right? We can be intimate without having those things. Does that mean you don't kiss? Yeah, I will kiss. I will touch. I will, you know, whatever. I want to be close. I want to have that closeness. Um, But again, I'm only doing that with someone that I feel safe and secure with because safety and security is the top of the list of things that I need from a partner. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's tough for some people to understand this because they say, girl, you ain't gonna have no sex. I'm like, listen, sex don't mean nothing if you don't get to spend a night with that person or spend time with that person. Or you can be outside in the daylight with that person. Like, sis, I need something better, bigger, greater. You know what I mean? Like, and then I also understand my energy, this energy that I hold within this body, this spirit, baby, you can't just get it to anybody, right? This needs to be with somebody who deserves to partake of Tosh, okay, <laughs> and so I'm very clear now. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I get it. Like, I get it. Um, man, I get it. Because, <laughs> because I I, I've been, I've been married. Because like... I've been married for I've been married for eighteen years. So okay, is so you know think about when, it I from was, that when I was when I huh? Think about it from that perspective. You've been married for eighteen years. I was part. I was partner for fourteen. Married for twelve, and so. People are saying, oh, you got to have a whole phase. Like, I've had people say this to me. You got to have a whole phase. You got to be out here. Da, da, da. And I'm saying, okay, I have experienced exclusivity with a person. And so being out here just, you know, hopping on every little thing that come my way. And I let them, don't get it confused and twisted. There are opportunities to do things. 
I don't want to do those things, right? <laughs> because the intimacy, the closeness, the exclusive, you know, energy, like it's sex is an energy exchange. We got to be clear on what we're doing. We got to be clear on how we operate and how we move. Sex is an energy exchange. You shouldn't be exchanging energy one with a man or woman or a person that isn't in a good place emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially. Because as a woman, as the person who is the receiver of the energy, right? Because we receive the sperm from a man and when we get that sperm, we can create a baby, you know, whatever, whatever. We create, we multiply from that energy. And so if you are connecting with a person that's empty, you're pulling an emptiness into your body and now you are receiving that emptiness and you're multiplying the emptiness. Like, excuse me, no, I'm not doing that. That's not what I'm doing. So basically what you're saying is, Broke dick energy could be really bad for Let me tell you what Cardi say. <laughs> what did Cardi just say? If it's up and it's stuck. Bro, I, listen, I, I listened to, I listened no to Cardi pussy. album one time and that was that was pretty Whoa. much it for me. I'm not a big uh I'm, I'm not, not no big I'm Cardi. Not a huge fan. Fan, but when she, when I heard that one little line, I said, okay, Cardi, you spin. <laughs> it don't matter. She didn't write it anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> Look, we ain't gotta get into the technicalities of the thing. But that's an yeah. affirmation right there. Broke men don't deserve no pussy. And they say, I know that's right. And listen, we got to be focused. We got to be focused. What do I look like as a, you know, six-figure earner woman having sex with a man that don't match that, right? What do I look like as a woman that has spent time on clearing and cleaning and healing my energy, my body, my yoni, and giving that to someone who is having casual sex with multiple women. Also, we got to be clear on, listen, I'm 39 years old. STDs is still a thing. You know, even if it's good, bad, in the middle or whatever, those things are still out there. It, and, and beyond that, I don't want to be attached to some energy that I don't want to have in my life long term. And that's what you do when you have sex. We got to think about it from a spiritual perspective and also the energy exchange and also the physical exchange. And also, you know what I mean? There's just so many parts to that. And being 39 years old, I realize casual sex is not for me. I can't do it. You, you mentioned the six figures. Does a man have to have six figures to date you? Yeah, if he don't make as much as I make, what are we doing? Uh, mm, interesting. Mm. No, it's 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 interesting, but I feel like it should be. I have a friend, and he says he says, you know, anybody that's coming to you to partner with you or be with you should at least have what you have right bare minimum. Just have what you have. So if you make one hundred and fifty thousand dollars your partner should make $150,000. If you own a home, your partner should own a home. If you own a car, your partner should own a car. If you have a job, your partner should own a, have a job. Like bare minimum. I'm not here to, you know, let me tell you something. And I'm gonna say this in the right way. I will help my partner build his business, his dream, his whatever, right? When he comes to me equipped to build that dream, I am not going to partner with someone who hasn't 
elevated to the level that I've elevated because I've done the work to get here. It doesn't mean that I think anything less of anyone else, right? It just means that I think highly of myself. I know what I require and desire, and I know what I'm worthy and deserving of. And I'm worthy of a partner that at least matches what I do. So let, all right, let's, let's stay on the six figures because I never really understood this. So I get what you're saying. But you do realize a man making six figures is not common, correct? I don't realize that because I know lots of men who make good money. No, 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 no. We say six figures. Six figures is good money. And I know lots of men who make over that. I know lots of men that make okay. way more money than I make. Are they I know black women who are kept. Okay. So I okay, don't subscribe but, to the notion that. But see, okay, Audi, but see. Okay, you, we got to look at the average. Let's look at, we look at the average salary. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to say, well, I don't want a man that's average. Okay, you don't want a man that's average. Uh, six figures. You say $100,000, right? That's what I'm saying. So yeah, if you say, okay, so if a man comes to me, he makes $97,000 a year, cool, we're going to talk. Cool, 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 cool. Now, 70. Right? Cool. He makes 70. He makes 70. Do we got a side hustle? No, he makes 70000 What else he got? Does he own a home? Uh, yeah, he got a home. Is he ambitious? Is he moving up the ranks? Does he have, you know, career goals? Like, we got to have some conversations. We got to have some talks. We got to understand. Yes, he, he checks all those boxes, but his salary right now is 70000 Okay, we can have some conversations. Because I could probably get him where he needs to get before we even get to where we need to get. You see what I'm saying? Well, that's what I do. <laughs> okay. But see, but see, you see how, but see the reason. But that's it. That's as far as I'm going. You see why that was important. But you see why that was important because the first thing you said was six figures, but you didn't, you didn't address anything else before that. Because for me at this stage of life, that's important. It's important. It's important. Why, why is it important? It's important because I have made it to the place where I made it doing what I've done. And so I want someone who is already here, who's already, you know, ready to go from here. We're going to get together and then we're going to skyrocket together. You see what I'm saying? I've been with someone who made less than I made. I've been with someone who didn't have ambition. I've been, you know what I mean? I've been through those things. I am not willing to do that again. And that doesn't mean that, I don't understand, you know, the human experience because I do. And like I said, no disrespect to anyone who does not meet what I am looking for. I am willing to wait for what I'm looking for because I feel like it is out there and it is there and I can have it. So I'm not worried about, you know, making any concessions or, you know, considering anything other than that, because I don't have to. And I want other women to understand you don't have to either. I think we're always in black women, especially we're always sold the narrative like, girl, you ain't gonna find nobody who got a job. Like you ain't gonna find nobody. And it's like, wait a second. See, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Because see, here's, here's the problem that I feel in our community. We look at numbers look at stats right and then we have people who telling us you know not us but telling people telling people what they should be looking for what they should be doing so then you get these expectations like 
Okay, he should make six figures. Now you said you knew you said that's back because I went back up. You said you knew a lot of men that make six the, figures. The black men that I've known and I've met that I'm in relationship with, they are high figure earners. They do make over six figures. They are you said you, you said you, you have relationships with them. Is that what you like said? Friendships, like you know, people you know, you you hang out with, you know, whatever. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Were they single? No, they're married. They're married. Okay, so okay, so. They're not, they're not in your dating pool. They ain't in my dating pool, but that don't mean that I'm not going to find someone that's in my dating pool. Okay. So let's, okay. So six feet, let's, 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 because the six figures. I think figure people get thing, stuck on six figures. Six figures ain't even that much if you think about it. Because it ain't enough It depends on who you ask. Me, and it ain't enough. <laughs> it, it ain't, okay, but to some people it is. So some people it is. Let's let's just stay there for a second because you said yeah. you knew a lot of people. So are, do you have a do you have a dating preference? Black men, white men, but okay. So this is where it gets real tough for me, James. And I'm gonna be honest. I've never dated anyone or been in relationship with anyone that wasn't black. Okay. I haven't. Okay. Um, so are we planning on keeping it that way or you? I, let me tell you that? something. So I've been thinking about this and I'm going to be honest. I've been thinking about going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Because I'm like, oh, do we got to go outside of our black king? Because I want a black man so bad. Like, I feel like there is king for me. Um, uh, at the moment, I am not open to it. I won't say that I will never be open to anything else. But I'm saying at the moment, I am not. Because I feel like, you know, maybe I gotta go to another state. Maybe I gotta go travel out the country. Maybe go meet someone somewhere <laughs> else. You know what I mean? Because I'm not, I'm not giving up on black men. I love black men. They y'all are the listen, the bees knees, chef's kiss. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Like I love black men. Um, and I believe that there are black men that are higher earners that you know make a certain amount of money that are willing and wanting and ready to date and marry and be partnered like I believe that and I'm not going to change my mind on that I'm not going to you know consider anything else besides the fact that there are black men that make enough money to be able to be married and partnered and take care of a family and you know all of those things like I, I believe that I believe great things about black men I'm not gonna change my mind on that like I'm just okay. That that's great, and we we appreciate that. But we want to stick with facts and our beliefs. So <laughs> let's let's get back to the numbers. How many single black men do you know who earn six figures? I don't know enough single black men. No, 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 I want a number. <laughs> I want I want a specific number. I really don't know a lot of single men, honestly. So so we so I could fairly say the number is zero. I mean, you could say zero now. I just don't know them. That don't mean they don't exist. I don't know them. I mean, we, we know they exist, but James, if you know them, send them my way. That's all I'm saying. Like, what are we doing here? Well, I, I know, I know quite a few six figure men, but they're but they're married. <laughs> and see, but but for men being married, you make more money when you're married. You know, you're looked at as a person that's stable. You know, you can you know really navigate your career space being married because they look at you as a stable person so they're ready to promote you and get you in other places and things of that nature okay it is a fact it's, it's that now that's a proven fact you will look at facts and statistics married men make more than single men yeah I, I don't i don't disagree with that and it's i mean 
because there's a lot of things that come with marriage. I mean, you got mm-hmm. you got stability, you got encouragement, um, you got a partner. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's key. Like, like you you'll always have somebody well in a good relationship. You'll yeah, always have good. somebody pushing you to do your best, like achieve more, do more. So yeah, they they those men usually had a good woman behind them, you know helping them with the cause like it may have been some days they wanted to give up and that woman you know was gave game enough encouragement to keep going and vice versa it goes both vice ways versa, yeah so, we just need to have good quality partners period do you so you are you old school you want a man to pay all the bills what, what? you know i don't know what that looks like in my next marriage um i've paid bills i pay bills now <laughs> So it's not, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm okay with paying some bills. I'm okay. I, I need to just make sure that the man that is for me, my partner is financially stable to where, you know, he pays bills, I pay bills, you know, whatever happens. I know if anything happens, I got him. If anything happens, he got me, you know, that type of situation. That's what I'm looking for. I don't know if that means he pays all the bills. Now I ain't gonna stop nobody from paying the bills now. <laughs> But I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, see, I don't because see the reason I ask these questions because it's like the six figure thing. If you working, if 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 he if he's provide like if you saying okay, I want to pay all the bills, I want to be able to provide him. Yeah, okay, he probably he would need six figures. But if you're talking about you two coming together, you know, working with your money together, then yeah, what does it matter if he makes six figures? If he makes 70,000, he makes 60. And you, but you two work, you two are a good functioning team. We need to be a good functioning team, but we also need to be very close when it comes to our finances. And I cannot express, I cannot express that enough, especially being in a position where I was the breadwinner and the other person wasn't. It's important. It's important because one, I know that when it comes to a respect level, I can't respect a man that I got to take care of. And not saying that you got to take care of somebody who you know, make 70,000, but maybe you got to take care of somebody who only makes 40,000. You know what I mean? If you okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And And so that's what's important. We're not, let's let's be very clear. We're not talking about taking care of no man. (laughs) Right, right, right. But I'm I'm factoring that whole situation in. I want to make sure that when we are in partnership, we have the same goals in mind. That is one living a certain type of lifestyle. That's making sure all our bills are paid, our credit is good, you know, whatever. If we decide we want to go on vacation, we can go on vacation. If we want to buy an investment property, we can do that. If we want to open a new business, we can do that. That's what I want my partnership to be able to move fluidly when it comes to whatever it is that we desire. And we've sat down and we've decided that we were going to do together. That's what I'm looking for in a partner. I can't say, you know, someone who makes 70,000 and I make, you know, 110, you know, maybe we are compatible. Maybe we can make that work in that way. Right. But I want to make sure that my husband, my partner is secure in his finances and his money when it comes to me, because I don't want nobody stretch when they messing with me. You know what I mean? Because if I want to go out on a date, if I want to go do this, if I want to do whatever, I want to make sure that we can do that and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, but I think that I am looking for someone that can kind of, that can, not kind of, can hold their weight financially. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not going to change my mind on it. 
and you shouldn't. But I just, I just got stuck on the six figures. That's all. <laughs> Don't get stuck there, on... James. Come on, come out of there, James. No, 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 no. Really, you should be saying you come out of there, not me. <laughs> oh, I'm fine there. Because, like I said, this is the, the only reason I say that is because you got to be careful with the six figures and dismissing somebody that you could really be compatible with. That's why I said that. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't to um, say what you shouldn't expect or what anybody should change the expectations or lower the expectations. It's just you got to be careful because you have to look at the whole picture and not just the six figure part. That's what I mean. Fair yeah, enough. but I think that I think that you know, black women are told that you know often, and I just think that you know whatever it is that they need or what have you, they should be able to get. I don't want us to be in a place where we're always having to, you know, put our dreams and what we want to the side because of X Y Z. And I, I mean, I've seen it several times where people say, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna." touches this person or whatever whatever knowing that they didn't give them what they needed and then they come out on the other side hurt you know and not understanding what happened in this dynamic like I feel like what I say that I want is coming to me and that's fine and I think people get stuck and so they think six, six figures okay I say 999999 like no I said one zero 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 and i'm okay with 85 zero 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 or 95 zero, zero. like you know what i mean like whatever and there's so there's so many components to that right because like you said we could meet somebody who is you know at a good place their credit is good they own a home they do this da, 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 da. and so when we partner and create this life together we are better together that's a, that's what i'm focusing on we are better together he not making me, I ain't making him. When we come together, though, it's like Voltron. We done clicked, click, 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 and we are better. We are dynamic. We are moving forward, you know, together in a better situation. All right. Let's close with this. Yes. What, what can a client expect to get from the confident Black girl culture? Ooh, so... When you have a conversation with a confident Black girl, one, we are going to identify the challenges that you may have when it comes to your confidence. Um, and this depends, right? Because I do confidence coaching, divorce coaching. Uh, we do image consulting. We do all the things for the girls. Um, and men too. I have men clients. Um, but we sit down and we identify your challenges. We create a plan so that you can start working on building those challenge areas up and so that you can start building that confidence so that you can get to the bag. You know, if we talk about your career, we're going to help you step through that and get you to a place where you're making the money that you need to make. We're going to have, you know, really break everything down so you know what to do so that you can be successful. That's what I'm very, I'm very adamant about that. Like understanding what's our challenge right now. Um, I had a homegirl, she's just like coming to the train. She came into the coaching and she's like, I need everything. I said, okay, baby, 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 listen, you got to pick one thing because I'm a, I'm a one goal, one plan, one day, one step at a time, girl. We try to do six, seven, eight different things and we fail at all of them because we can't put our energy where it needs to be. We're going to put our energy on one thing. We're going to work on that one thing for 30 days. And after the 30 days comes, we're going to look at what we've been successful, what we created, what we did. We're going to reorganize and we're going to move forward. That's what you get when you talk to the confident Black girl. You also get a vibe, baby. You get someone who loves you 
unconditionally because I don't have any conditions. The only thing that I ask you is do the work. I'm going to help you. I'm going to stand by here. I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to get through this situation. Do your work. I can't do it for you. I can help you create the goal and the plan, but I cannot do it for you. You've got to do it. And I will always be your cheerleader and I will always support you and I will always celebrate you. And if you need someone who can just listen and hold your hand, I got you. That's what I do as a confident Black girl. I really want to thank you for taking the time to do this. It's been fun. It's been an honor talking with you. And I wish you all the best with the Confident Black Girl. Yes. Thank you so much, James. I appreciate you. I love this conversation. It was good. And I just am so glad that we had this conversation because I felt like it was going to be a good time. And it was. Before we end, let's make sure we tell the people how they can follow you. Yes. So you can go to www.theconfidentblackgirl.com. Please subscribe. Give me your email and I'm going to send you a call so you can have a free discovery call with the Confident Black Girl, who is me, Tosh. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I am the Confident Black Girl. I'm also the Confident Black Girl on TikTok. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am Black underscore confident on Twitter. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.